turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 1. Matthew, chapter 1, and we want to look at verses 18 through 25 this morning. I tell you, this morning uh, coming in and uh, just starting off with worship service kind of throws me. I'm used to coming uh, an hour earlier and uh, getting all together, getting it all put together, um, teaching my Sunday school class. Kind of, they're they're my guinea pigs. I get to I, I get to get to all the. Uh, the nervousness and all of those things out on them. Um, and then not having a choir behind me singing today just kind of, uh, you know, uh, made me listen to my own singing, and that was not good. Um, so uh, just getting ready to preach this morning, I'm a little uh, off uh, kilter this morning. So um, let's go ahead and stand together as we honor the reading of the word of the Lord. In Matthew's Gospel, in chapter 1, starting in verse 18, we read this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Father, we ask that you would just take the reading and hearing of your word and use it to speak unto our hearts for this Christmas story. It tells us how that God had, had planned to prepare to send his son into the world, but not only just to send him into the world, but, but to name him Jesus, so that that name would remind us that he is our salvation, that Emmanuel would come to live and be among us. Now, Father, I pray that you would take the uh, preaching of your word and hide me behind the cross and it not be my word but your word. That, Father, that you would bless the hearer, that their ears, their spiritual ears would be open to receive the word of the Lord and that you would speak unto them, O God. And I pray that, Father, that you would use me today Father, as a vessel, pour into me and then pour out of me all that you have for us today, I pray. But we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, and you may be seated this morning. How many of you in your younger days remember someone teaching you the poem or the song entitled, Mary Had a Little Lamb? 
How many of you could, could quote that or sing that today? And I know I'm not going to sing it for you. But I do want to uh, uh, share just a little bit about it with you this morning. Because what I want to share with you today is Mary had a little lamb. And here's what the, the song or the poem says. Mary had a little lamb. His fleece was white as snow. And everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. There's more to the song, but I can tell that you remember it, and therefore I don't need to sing it for you. As we sang the songs uh, while we were children, we had no idea that something like this actually happened. It never dawned on us in our childish minds that the Bible told the same story that a young girl named Mary did indeed have a little lamb. Well, that's what happened in these verses in Matthew's gospel. It seems that Joseph is engaged to a young Jewish maiden named Mary. And during the time, uh, the word came to Joseph that Mary is pregnant. Now, Joseph knows that he is not the father of this child, and it concerns him, and, and therefore he must deal with the matter at hand. But God sends an angel to tell Joseph that the things aren't like they seem. He tells this Jewish husband that Mary is carrying a child that was miraculously fathered by the Holy Spirit of God. He is told that this child will be a special child with a special mission. That in fact, this child will be the Savior of the world. And because he is the Savior of the world, he's going to have a common name, but an important name. Now, I want you to understand that when God named Jesus, Jesus, if, if that were brought into our modern day ideology, it would be like calling him Joe. Jesus was a common name throughout Scripture. It was a common name throughout the, uh, the Jewish people at that time. Jesus, who came into the world, came in as a common baby with a common name, but with a name that means salvation. And therefore, God said that he was sending his Savior into the world. Verse 25 tells us that Mary eventually delivered her child, and when she did, the Lamb of God was born. It is one of the greatest stories in all of Scripture, where we learn the truth that Mary truly did have a little lamb. It is that lamb, the Lord Jesus, that I want to talk about this morning. I would like to share three characteristics of Mary's little lamb with you today. May the Lord help us as we see why Jesus and his birth are so special. And why? After 2,000 plus years, we still celebrate Christmas. Not a giving of gifts and, and, and Christmas trees. Yeah, we do that because that's the world's traditions. But the church... Those who truly understand what God did those 2,000 plus years later still remember that God sent His Son in a, a simple, natural, but yet unnatural way. And that baby in the manger is foreshadowed by a cross. Unfortunately, last night during our Christmas Eve service, my star that was lit up died. So uh, the star that was supposedly brightly shining is just 
lit there dimly. But the point is that God made known to the world that he was going to send his lamb. Mary had a little lamb, and that little lamb came to save the world. So I want you to see a few things this morning. Looking at verse 20 in our text this morning, we find that Mary's lamb was a special lamb. It was special for several reasons, but I want to just focus on a couple of them. First of all, his conception was special. Now, for those of us that are adults, we all know how that children are born into this world. And we know that there is a natural process in which God has created to repopulate the world. But in this case... The Bible tells us that his conception was different from all other conception. Jesus Christ had no human father. His father is God himself. What makes the conception so fantastic is the fact that he was born of a virgin. The scripture very clearly reminds us both in the Old Testament that a virgin shall conceive a son. And out of that, that prophecy, many in the Jewish custom, many young gals kept themselves pure in hopes that God might choose them to be the vessel for when, which God would send forth his son. But yet Mary, who kept herself pure because it was the custom of the, uh, of the day, it was the, the way in which they lived, Mary was, was shocked when God sent the angel and said, Mary, you have found favor in God. Mary was, was shocked when God told her that she would conceive a child. And she said, what? How is this possible for I am a virgin? Mary acknowledged the fact that she understood how children were born into this world and she knew that it was impossible for her to conceive because she had never been with a man. But the scripture tells us something. With God, nothing is impossible. And therefore, because this conception is a special conception, God chose to use this untraditional method to bring forth his son into the world. Now there's a reason why. It is so that Jesus would be without sin. You see, for you and I, who are born both of a father and a mother with two sinful natures, we're born into this world with a sinful nature. Mary, by the way, was not sinless. She was simply a virgin. Mary, who had her sin, just like all of us, but yet, because Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit, conceived of the Holy Spirit, therefore he was conceived without the sinful nature. And therefore he could come into the world as the little lamb. You see, the Bible tells us that this method, though untraditional, was purposeful in that it prepared for us that which God had intended. His conception of Jesus was different. His mother was a virgin, the Holy Spirit was the Father, and Jesus was not only all man, 
but he would be all God. The second thing that makes this lamb special, Mary's little lamb, it was his claims. His claim was special. Jesus was never shy about telling people who he was. In fact, it was his very claims of who he was that caused the Jews to seek his death. What was the claim that Jesus made that was so offensive to those people and to many people today? The answer is found in a twofold question. Jesus claimed to be what? None other than the Son of God. Jesus' claim was that he was the Son of God. All of the people supposed him to be the son of Joseph because Joseph took upon himself the responsibility that God gave him to to raise Jesus and to, to teach him and to show him the ways of human life. And so when people looked upon them, they looked upon this and saw that, that this child would have been the son of Joseph. However, Jesus' claim to have a special relationship with his Father in heaven. John's gospel in chapter 10 and verse 36 says, Say ye of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest because I have said that I am the Son of God. Just as the doctrine of the virgin birth is essential to the salvation of so also is the doctrine of Jesus Christ that he is the Son of God. Until a person comes to the place where they're willing to confess that Jesus was born of a virgin, therefore not having the sin of humanity, and that he was also the Son of God, one cannot be saved. The very reality of this special lamb was that he come to save the world. Therefore, there had to be something special about him unlike any other that was born into this world. Mary had a little lamb that could make the claim that I am not of this world, but I am of my Father who is in heaven. The second claim that Jesus makes was that he told him in us where he had come from. Jesus claimed to be God. Now, I I tell you, the the first claim was, was shocking enough to be the Son of God. But Jesus claimed that not only was He the Son of God, but as the Son of God, He was God. You talk about uh, uh, setting the religious world on fire. It's no wonder the religious leaders ripped their their, their vestures and, and said blasphemy because Jesus claimed to be that which they knew it was impossible for them to ever obtain. How could this simpleton of, uh, of a, a simple family born in a manger with no substance and no religious background, how could he possibly be God? John chapter 10 and verse 30 says this, I and my Father are one. The claim was even more offensive to the Jews than the other one 
By making this claim, Jesus was telling them that he was eternal. John's gospel reminds us that Jesus was from the beginning. He was before there was. And he will be when there is no more. Jesus reminds us that he is not only God, but being God, he is the eternal God who was before and made everything and was everything and will be everything when he wraps it all up by making this claim that he is God. They knew that they needed to bow down to him and acknowledge him as their God, and they were unwilling to do that. Like so many in this world today, even though they're told over and over again that the one who was born in the manger, the one who died on the cross, the one who gave himself for us is none other than God. Many in this world have said, I will never bow my knee. I will never acknowledge him as God. But can I give you hope this morning? On this Christmas morning, the Bible tells us that one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that He is Lord. And I pray that you would realize that it would do you best to do it today, to do it now while we have breath, than to be forced because we have rejected the Savior and to have to bow down. I want to willingly bow down and say that He is Lord. He is my Savior. Because I don't want to have to be forced when, when all those rejectors, all those deniers, all those who are lost for all of eternity are forced by God to bow before the Lamb and say, you were and you are and you always will be God. My friends, this Lamb that Mary had was a special Lamb. He was God. This they were not willing to do, but I pray that you are. The question for us today, are we willing to acknowledge that Mary had a special lamb? And he is the Son of God, but he is also the second thing we see this morning, the second characteristic of Mary's little lamb was that Mary's little lamb was a sacrificial lamb. In verse 21, And he shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Listen, for he shall save his people from their sins. The scripture tells us, and as we did communion last night, it reminds us that well, apart from the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Jesus, the lamb that was born on that Christmas day, the lamb that, that would grow up in innocence of this world, but yet would take upon himself the sin of all the world, would go to the cross and shed his blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. If you're holding on to your sin in hopes that somehow, some way that you can earn favor with God, that you can work your way, let me tell you the only way that we will find forgiveness of our sin is to call upon the blood of Jesus that was spilt on Calvary's cross. Mary's little lamb came into the world for one purpose, 
It was not to walk on water, though he did. It was not to heal the sick, even though he did. It was not to open the eyes that were blinded, even though he did. It was not to calm the storms, and thank God he still calms the storms. Jesus came for the sole purpose of dying upon the cross that overshadowed his cradle. You see, Jesus came to die for the sins of humanity. Luke tells us that his mission in the world was to seek and to save that which was lost. It's been a long time, but I still remember being lost. I still remember seeking but looking in all the wrong places. Trying to do for myself what I could not do. Trying to earn favor with God where I could not. And thank God someone told me that Jesus paid that price on Calvary's tree. He paid a debt that he did not owe for a debt that I could not pay. And I thank God every day that out of all the people of the world that he chose to die for me. And you can say the same. You see, Jesus came to die for all of humanity. If he was going to accomplish this, there was a price that had to be paid. He paid that price when he went to the cross and died for our sins. Notice there's three thoughts about the sacrificial lamb that makes him... Mary's little lamb. First of all, he was a spotless lamb. Before any lamb could be offered as a sacrifice in the temple, it had to be examined thoroughly and declared spotless. Numbers 28 verse 9 reminds us that for 14 days prior to a lamb being chosen for the sacrifice had to be looked upon and examined and, and studied to make sure there was no spot nor blemish. Let me remind you that for 33 years, Jesus' life was examined. Everything about him was looked upon. Everything about his life was under the magnifying glass to see if there was spot or blemish. And when he went to Calvary's cross that fateful day for you and I, and when God saw his willingness and his sacrifice, he looked upon it and said, that is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Spotless, without blemish. Jesus filled this bill perfectly where none other could. Not only was he the Son of God, but he was the sinless Son of God. He was a pure lamb dying for a wretched world. John reminds us, Behold, when he saw Jesus walking up to be baptized, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He was not only a spotless lamb, but he was a submissive lamb. Jesus wasn't forced into the role of sacrifice. God didn't twist his arm or force him. You know, I, I remember uh, being a kid. I remember having kids, and I see my grandkids all the time. And there are times when they're told to do something. You know they do it reluctantly. They do it because they, they know they can't to. They know that they're being forced to do it, but they really don't want to do it. And then there's times when you ask them to do something, and willingly they jump up, they go, and they do, and you say, oh, 
That just melts my heart. You see, with the Father, He simply said we need a sacrifice. And Jesus was willing. You see, when He was on the cross or heading towards the cross, no one forced Him. He did it willingly. When asked how much He loves the world, He simply stretched out His arms and He cried out this much as He died for us. The Bible tells us that Jesus told Pilate that he wasn't forcing him to go to the cross, but that he could have called down 12 legions of angels. And by the way, um, if you go in the Old Testament and see one angel has the ability to be able to destroy countless folk, Can you imagine what 12 legions of angels could have done to this world? But Jesus said, I didn't call down the angels. I didn't plead. Even in the garden, when Jesus knew that he was going to go to the cross, as he was praying that night, he prayed, Lord, God, Father, if if there is any other way in which we can save humanity, show me the way. But if not, Listen, not my will, but thy will be done. You see, Jesus went willingly. He was a submissive lamb. He endured the shame and the pain without uttering a word. He submitted to the Father's will and paid the price for sin. He was a submissive lamb on the cross. He was a spotless lamb without blemish, without sin. He was a submissive lamb. He went willingly, but finally in this area he was a sacrificial lamb. All the rest meant nothing unless this part was fulfilled. You see, Jesus could have went and said, Lord, I came, I was born in a baby, and, and I took on the form of humanity, and, 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 you know, God, we really messed up. They're crazy. They're crazy. Lord, I'm willing to do your will and I'll I'll, I'll go to Golgotha, but I'm not hanging on that cross. The Bible says that he that hang upon a tree is cursed. Jesus could have said no, but because of his submissiveness, he became a sacrificial lamb. He paid the price. It wasn't enough for Jesus just to be sinless It wasn't enough for him to just surrender his life. He had to suffer and die before sin could be done away with. Hebrews 9.22 reminds us that almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no remission. Thank God on the cross, Jesus' blood was sufficient to pay the debt that we owed for the sins of all the world. Can I just remind you this morning that your past sins are forgiven? Can I remind you today that your present sins are forgiven? And with great hope, I want to remind you that your future sins have already been forgiven. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all iniquity. The power of the blood was given because he was a sacrificial lamb. Then thirdly, Mary's lamb is a saving lamb. 
In verse 21, again, we find that it says that he shall save his people. If the story were to end here, Jesus dead upon a cross, this would be a sad story to tell. It might tell us that we've been forgiven. It might tell us that, that someone paid a debt for us. It might tell us that God loves us, but it would leave us without hope. There would be no reason to celebrate Christmas and no need to come to church. There would be no salvation and no hope for our souls. If he died and that was the end of it, that would be the end of us as well. But thank God the story doesn't end there to see a sinless sacrifice since this is the truth. I want to show you what the Lamb of God, Mary's little lamb, can do for you today. First of all, he has the power to save sinners just like us. Those who are lost in sin, there is hope today. They can turn to the Lord Jesus and he will save their souls. It started in a manger, went to a cross, but it ended with an empty tomb. And because the tomb is empty today, salvation can be yours. Because the tomb is empty today, eternity can be yours. He has the power to save us from our sins. Mary had a little lamb that paid a great price to redeem humankind. Secondly, what he can do for us is he has the power to secure us as saints. Those who come to Mary's little lamb need never to fear losing what they have been given. For when Jesus saves a soul, he does it for all of eternity. If you are saved today, I promise you the Bible says that Jesus gives to us eternal life. You're saved forever. If you've been putting off salvation for any reason, listen to me. Mary's little lamb is calling out to you today. Hear his call. As a little lamb in the pasture, bleeding for its mother, Jesus is calling for your heart and mine. He's saying, come unto me. And truly you will experience what Christmas is really all about. Toys and tinsel will leave us. But Christ will never forsake us. I'm thankful that every few years, Christmas falls on a Sunday, just like it did today because it helps us and reminds us that Jesus is the reason for the season. 
Christmas must not be allowed to continue in its slide into paganism, commercialism, and a world of fantasy. You and I who have been exposed to the truth of God's word need to remember that Christmas is about that special day when God sent his son into the world to be the sacrifice for our sins. Christmas is about coming to know God. After all, that is why God sent his son into the world. So I ask this morning as we close, do you know Mary's little lamb? If not, why not come? Why not let us introduce you to him today? If you know Mary's little lamb, but things aren't as they should be between you and the Lord, then I challenge you to bring yourself and your need to Jesus right now. We can know that because Mary's little lamb came with the purpose to take that which was broken and make it whole again, he wants us to know that he can fix your broken life and he can put you back together again. Yes, Mary had a little lamb and so can you. Let us pray. Father, as we bow our heads and our hearts in the presence of the Lord this morning, Father, with simplicity on this Christmas morning, we simply want to close our time by saying thank you. Thank you for using the simplicity of a manger to send your son. To remind us that he is accessible to all humanity. Lord, to remind us that Mary's little lamb came to die so that we would not have to. Lord, I pray that if there is a heart that is here today doesn't know you or that Lord has allowed the things of this world to corrupt their relationship to, to, to break that fellowship with you I pray that they would realize the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary's cross can forgive every sin and restore every heart. And if we simply ask, we're reminded in, in, in John's letter in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He, the Lord, is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Seek us as we seek you this morning. Thank you for the families that have stopped the celebrations of Christmas to come and celebrate the one true Christmas. Now, Lord, we ask, if there's one that needs you, would they not leave this place until they speak with someone who would share with them what Jesus has done for them and how 
they can receive you as Lord and as Savior. And for those of us who love you this morning because you have first loved us, may this time enrich our day and cause us to thank you all that